The Joel Comp Show, episode 17. Launch sequence activated. It's the Joel Com Show, featuring internet pioneer, New York Times best-selling author, and international speaker, Joel Com. Helping you grow your business, live life today, and do good stuff. Now here's the man who taught your smartphone how to flatulate, your host, Joel Com. Fathering films and tech. Oh my, what do the three have to do with one another? Well, you're going to discover as I introduce you to my special guest on today's episode. And also, you might consider yourself a social media expert. You may not. You might not even know what a social media expert really is. But regardless, if you're using social media, I'll bet that you have a strategy and a tip that you can share. And if it's good enough, I want to share it with the world on your behalf. So all that and more, stay tuned for this episode of The Joel Com Show. What's hot right now? Here's Joel with his latest thoughts and opinions. Snow has descended upon Denver, Colorado, and fortunately it's melting almost as quickly as it's fallen, but winter's definitely on the way, and I love living in Colorado, but I really think that our winter should end sooner. By the time February rolls around, I'm just ready for spring, and spring is slow coming here in northern Colorado. Regardless, it's the holiday season, and I hope that you've got some great plans for Thanksgiving and then Christmas to follow. Gotta say, I'm not a fan of the retail stores opening up on Thanksgiving Day, and I know that the masses are going to go and support these retail establishments on that day, but I sure wish they wouldn't. Uh, When it becomes all about buy, 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 then I think we've really got our priorities out of whack. But that's not what I intended to talk about on this show anyway. I guess I'll step off my soapbox there. What I really wanted to discuss today is social media. It seems like the word social media expert is being used so much that anybody with a Facebook page all of a sudden can brand themselves as a social media expert. So we have the whole of the population and their children and their grandmothers and their dogs that are now social media experts. And it gets confusing because nobody really knows what that term even means anymore. Now, I use the term on my blog because it's a search term that people look for, but I prefer the title which I came up with, which is New Media Marketing Strategist, because it goes beyond social media. Marketing is a much more comprehensive, all-encompassing thing that includes branding and strategy and social media and content and affiliates and creative ideas and guerrilla marketing, and there's just so much more to it. However, Just because you may or may not be able to call yourself a social media expert, whatever that means, and I'm not saying you are and I'm not saying you aren't, you do have your own strategies and some tips. And I would really like for you to share those with me. And I blogged about those just yesterday. And what I'm doing is asking people to submit their best social media tip with me. In exchange, if your tip is good, I'm going to go ahead and post that 
publicly on my blog and link back to your site or your social media profile. So if you'll go to joelcom.com forward slash blog and look for the November 24th, 2013 entry, it's called Your Best Social Media Tip. Go ahead and share that with me because I want to share what you think is good strategy with the others in our realm. So go there and do that. And when we come back, we're going to decipher what fathering, films, and tech all have to do with one another when I introduce you to my special guest, who is also a pioneer of the World Wide Web. Stick around. Hey folks, this is Kim MacArthur, best-selling author of Impact, and you're listening to The Joel Com Show. Engaged. And now, here's Joel with today's featured story. And we're back, and I've got a special guest right here in the studio with me today. Hello, Joel! <laughs> I want to introduce you to somebody really cool. If you don't know him already, he's my good friend, Dave Taylor, and he is a pioneer of the web. Got started probably around the same time that I did with the website. What, what year was it? Well, are we going to the web, or are we talking about the overall internet? We're talking the web. We know that you were there with Al Gore, and you invented the internets. What's up, Al? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, my first website. Just uh, saving a whale. <laughs> um, 1995. Five, same year as me. So uh, that makes us two of the 18,000 sites that were on the web. That and your year. first website was? Worldvillage.com. And who's doing this interview? And my first website was? <laughs> well, since I am taking over your interview. And thank you all for listening to The Dave Taylor Show with special <laughs> guest star Joel Kahn. <laughs> Your first website My was? My first website was the Purdue Online Writing Lab. It's still there. You wow. can search for OWL. But those who would know you today actually know you from one of three primary sites, AskDaveTaylor.com, which is many years old. What? It's 11 years in now. A fantastic site uh, where Dave answers a question each day related to technology and all things geekiness. And then we've got GoFatherhood.com which is, uh, your, I can't imagine what that one's about. Life and Adventures as a single dad of three kids, two of whom are teenagers. Yeehaw. And then Dave is also becoming a notorious film critic. Have become. Ha- has become. <laughs> have, have are becoming. And that website is. And that one is DaveOnFilm.com. Which is really cool. So, you know, I'm a big proponent of telling people to search out their passions and follow that thing that interests them and so technology is very interesting to you and you love sharing expertise and you get all kinds of interesting questions on Ask Dave Taylor. Yeah I get strange questions but actually the question that's probably the most common is can you like tell me my boyfriend's password so I can check his Hotmail account? And then you tell them how to do that right? And I of course say for a hundred dollars I will send you email saying no I can't do that. (laughs) But the the types of questions you do like to answer for example? Are things like how do I sort my um, Internet Explorer favorites alphabetically? Or on my Macintosh how do I do a screen capture? Or on my phone how do I fix a cell phone number in my favorites on my Android phone? Things like that. I really try to encompass the entire world of consumer electronics 
down to some specific things I'm interested in, like um, programming on a Unix or Linux machine. So this is a perfect example of taking your expertise in the area of geekiness and technology, and you just write one blog entry a day, right? Yeah. And, and have for a number of years, and you format it very nicely with your images, and you explain it so that it's on the level of a fifth grader, which many of us need, so we can understand exactly what to do. Yeah, however, having said that, you don't need to raise your hand if you have to go to the bathroom. Yeah. <laughs> Good to know. And you have, over the years, monetized this content very well with AdSense? Yeah, with a variety of ad networks. And, you know, that's, as has always been the case, it's a turbulent journey. Um, and there are times when you're just about to land in Hawaii and it's beautiful. And there are other times when you're like, really, I'm five hours from the closest airport and we just hit a really rough spot. Um, so... My primary monetization is through not just AdSense, but through other ad networks that I work with. But it's interesting, actually. I think I'm now actually getting just as many opportunities with my GoFatherhood, because it turns out being a dad blogger, and specifically being a single dad blogger, is a rare commodity. So a ton of companies are coming out of the woodwork, and they offer me really interesting opportunities. For example, um, large auto companies will loan me cars for a week or two just so wow. I can drive them around and try it. Or, you know, if I take my kids on a trip, then typically our tickets to places like Universal Studios or Disneyland or Legoland, it's all comped. We've had hotel rooms comped, you know, and so am I getting physical checks because of my GoFatherhood site? Not so much, but the opportunities are really huge. And, you know, I think that's an important thing to consider because when you do talk about monetization, there's this sort of sense of, oh, well, the only thing that matters is how much did I earn at the end of that month? But there's a lot of intangibles. There's a lot of other opportunities. How much didn't I spend? Right. Well, there you go. That's, that's yeah. the perfect example of non or anti-monetization. Right. And how much uh, of the expenses that I incurred creating the site did I write off on my taxes? That's money in your pocket also. Yes, that is. Thank you. That sounds like, oh, Mr. Gore, are you still here? <laughs> <laughs> so we've got uh, technology and geekiness, which is really what AskDaveTaylor.com is. And by the way, the site gets thousands of visits every day. Mm -hmm. So this is one to bookmark. Go fatherhood. Perfect. Not just for single dads, but for any father, right? Yeah. And actually, I think when I looked at, um, I use Quantcast for demographic data on my sites. And Quantcast, I think I'm like 65% female. So what I find is a lot of times I'll write from the dad's perspective or from the man's perspective about a situation. And then there's tons of moms, there's tons of women who will say, oh, that must be what my husband's thinking too. Thank you for sharing that. And could it be that a percentage of the women that are looking at your site are actually single women who are attracted to a man who is a good father? Um, I suppose that is possible, <laughs> but I feel it would be irresponsible of us professionally to come consider that in this discussion. You would never, ever, <laughs> ever do that. Oh, and then the, the third side. And by the way, if you want to visit my site, young, beautiful women, feel free to. <laughs> GoFatherhood.com forward slash Dave is single. And so then we've got uh, your, your DaveOnFilm.com. And this is fascinating to me. I've watched... Well, I've watched, you know, you grow in all these areas in your different sites, but this one you started just, uh, what, a few years ago? Yeah, actually, this is, you know, since we, I've sort of brought my personal life into this, um, all the years I was married and, and being a father and a husband and everything, I really kind of stopped going to movies because you just don't have time. Don't you people call them films? And so 
as I found that I had more free time, then I began to go back to the cinema to enjoy films. <laughs> the theater, the theater, <laughs> how I love the theater. Um, and then from there, it was just like, you know, I'm doing this, and I had opportunities to write reviews for different um, print publications and online publications. And it was just like, all right, well, let me just put them all in one place, too. So Davon Film really is sort of my compendium, but I have reviews published in a variety of places, notably sciencefiction.com. Which is excellent. And you're a great writer, and you're a really good film critic, and I like reading your reviews. And you and what's cool is, just like you get freebies for GoFatherhood and, you know, tech geeky freebies as well, you get review um, films in the mail. Oh, Stuff yeah. that hasn't even come out yet. Right. Well, not only that, I mean, the, the, the big benefit is that I get invited to press screenings. Mm -hmm. So, for example, I'll be seeing The Hobbit on December 9th when it actually opens on the 13th. Right, um, you know, precious. Um, and Joel, as you know, you're coming to see The Secret Life of Walter Mitty with me a week before that opens. Yeah, which I'm really looking forward to. You know, And then, in addition, at the end of the year, this is just absolutely prime time. I mean, yesterday in the mail, Technicolor sent me four screener DVDs. Gravity, Her, um, Kidnap, I think, or Ransom or something like that. I can't think of what that one is. And, and 42. You know, so these are films, one of which at least isn't even in the theater yet. And now I have a DVD I can watch at home and, and frankly invite some friends over. You are a perfect example of leveraging your hobbies, interests, and passions and expertise into a career that spreads across multiple niches, which is the proper way to say it, not niches. And now, unless you're really, you know, nihilistic. Unless there's Nietzsche's on beaches. Is. Oh no, you did, you did not just say that. Oh my gosh, he totally did. All but right, so then we'd have to argue: is is God dead? You know, I'm not at a loss for words often, and and uh, you, my friend, are totally disinvited. Um, so let's work backwards. Let's let's uh, we're at film. We're gonna work backwards. Let's talk movies for a moment. And your top film for 2013. I would say at this moment in time, Twelve Years a Slave was very powerful. Um, it was not perfect, but I feel like it's just sort of an inevitability when you've spent enough years being a, a film critic. You see the flaws where no one else does. Mm -hmm. Now a lot of people really like Gravity. And I thought Gravity was an extraordinary technical achievement. And I think Sandra Bullock was very, very good in it. But I didn't think it was that good as a film. And as soon as I say that, there are people that say, What? You're a film critic? Because um, certainly, <laughs> when, when my review went on sciencefiction.com, people said, "Are you? Did you even see the movie, dude? What are you smoking? You're in Colorado, aren't you? Right. Well, it's legal, so we're totally allowed to smoke <laughs> stuff. Um, but, yeah, I mean, I look for in a film, to me, it's all about the sort of evolution of the character's development. So it's, to me, really, the best films are the ones that are the hero's journey. And so my favorite film is Lawrence of Arabia, still. And there's, you know, no better example of the hero's journey of someone who starts as a, if you will, a sort of weak, failing human and becomes noble and amazing through an extraordinary sequence of challenges that they have to overcome. So does that mean you don't like the anti-hero films? Oh, I don't mind those at all. You know, again, if it's well done and if they're interesting. So, you know, by comparison, if we talk about the new Hunger Games movie, it's just... which, which I saw last night. Right. Before reading your review. Right. And I will say in my review that um, I just don't find Katniss very interesting. 
And it's, you know, there's a little too much of that sort of teen angst where it's the girl and the two boys and the boys are archetypes. So one of them is the good boy who's boring and the other one's the bad boy who's inexplicable. And frankly, I don't see what either of them see in her. She's, she's kind of dry. She's, she's not just dry. This is like going to the desert with an empty glass. <laughs> <laughs> so being a father with teenage daughter... What do you think of the um, defeminization and masculine making the chicks tough hard asses in in movies? You know, bringing out the side of girls that they're just they can kick ass. Well, I think we live at an interesting moment in our cultural history because I think that it's become increasingly difficult to understand what masculinity is. And it's become increasingly difficult for boys, in particular, to embrace their masculinity. Um, in school now, they're not allowed to move. You know, you sit. We're not doing recess anymore. We have to study for tests. And there's a lot about the way that boys are um, growing up in our culture where they don't learn what it is to be a man. And, you know, there's parts of being a man that are challenging where, you know, we might quickly react with anger. Right. right. Which is very much wired into us. Um, the, the maturity piece is what do you do with that as opposed to don't have it or you're bad for having it. Um, and I think the flip side of that is that women are becoming or are invited to have more masculine attributes. Mm -hmm. And so you're right. You know, what we see in a lot of films now is it's not the, if you will, Mario Brothers where it's Princess Peach who is, you know, completely useless and is just sitting there and is just pretty and smiling and she's going to give you a kiss if you save her because you're the guy, you're Mario or Luigi and you have to I'm fight. I'm Mario. Right, you have to fight all of the bad guys <laughs> to actually get to the daisy. <laughs> you know, and and I'm that's abhorrent too. But there should be some sort of middle ground and I mm -hmm. think that there are some women I know that really want to embrace all of their feminine and masculine traits, and that doesn't leave much space for guys to be in their relationship. You know, and I think that that, again, is one of the trends that we're seeing. And so with my daughter, it's just trying to figure out how do I teach you to be sufficiently feminine that you can be comfortable in whatever you define as a good relationship and to have enough, if you will, masculine traits or empowering traits that you can actually fly solo and still do well and not feel like your whole life has been waiting for that guy, waiting for someone to show up and, you know, complete me or be my other half. Because I think in the modern era, this is all about you might end up flying solo for one or more periods in your life. You better be able to do it. So this actually helps us to work backwards as we're going towards go fatherhood. Do you think that there are some inherent roles that we have as men and women, the differences that we have that uh, we, if we don't teach women how to be feminine and yet be strong, is that going to find its way to the surface anyhow? Yeah, I think that, you know, we are wired biologically, I would argue, that women are more nurturing and men are more aggressive. And I think that comes from cavemen. I think that comes from when we had more difficult situations to deal with. I mean, this is evolutionarily how animals are, you know. And so then it becomes really difficult. For example, as a single father, I've had to learn to be more nurturing and empathetic. And by contrast, my children's mom has had to learn to be a little bit more strict because you need to have both of those present in a household for the household to be successful. Now you look at the statistics, a third of the boys in the United States don't have their father present. 
That's so right? sad. And that's not just sad, but it's feeding into another generation that's going to have an even bigger problem. Because how do you, you know, how do boys learn how to be men from their dads, for better or worse? You know, but if it's just a mom raising kids and, you know, God bless them, single momhood, crazy hard. And when you never get any time off because the dad bailed, that's just unbelievably difficult. Mm -hmm. And I know exactly how hard that is. But those kids aren't getting that masculine influence. And as masculine as a woman can be, it's still never quite the same as having the man in the house. You know, and then you perhaps ask the question, what about gay parents, right? And the answer with that is I think that oftentimes what you'll see is like if it's two women, one of them will take a more masculine and one of them will take a more feminine role to get that sort of dynamic between the two of them. You know, one of them is the enforcer who you broke the rules, you got in trouble at school, I'm giving you the consequence. And the other one is though, oh, you can't go to sleep, honey, let me cuddle with you. Mm -hmm. You know, and guys do the same thing. I mean, I think that successful parenting comes from having that yin yang, if you will. And when you have too much of one and not the other, it's awful in either way. You know, you end up with an extraordinarily permissive parent whose kids never hear the word no. And we both know people that clearly grew up that way and they're spoiled as anything. Right. They expect everything to just be given to them on a plate. And the world doesn't work that way. Right. Unfortunately, I wish it did. And if so, I would be the first in line. (laughs) You'd be at the buffet with your plate. Yes. You know, and then you have the other extreme, which is where you have the super, super strict parent. And there's no relief. And that's, you know, that's where all sorts of messed up adults come from is, you know, no one ever said, I love you. No one ever said, good job. No one ever said, you failed. It's hard. I'm sorry. Can I give you a cuddle? Mm -hmm. You know, Dave, I'll take that hug. So uh, obviously this (laughs) is, this, uh, this topic out of your three sites, you're passionate about all of them, but knowing you and knowing your heart, this particular topic you're most passionate about. Yeah, well, I mean, um, <laughs> I might enjoy messing around with technology, and I certainly enjoy working in consumer electronics, and I'm obviously a big film aficionado, but... A buff, one might even say. <laughs> <laughs> um, but the reality is, is that the majority of my time and energy goes to my kids. Yeah, which yeah. which I applaud you for, and, and you've been consistent uh, in that over the years, and you still have many, many years to go. Oh, thank you. I appreciate that. <laughs> uh, my, mine are pretty much grown, and um, I'm my but, young. My youngest is poised to turn ten. So yeah, at least they'll all be in double digits. Right. Yeah, that's still um, a long way to go. So, finishing up as we work backwards, back to technology. What I didn't mention at the beginning is you're actually a prolific author with how many books published? I have twenty-one books out, but I haven't done much in the last couple of years. I actually just um, did a revision of learning Unix for Mac OS X for O'Reilly. Mm-hmm. But prior to that, I don't think I had touched a book project for three or four years because, you know, in from an economic perspective, the time spent writing a book from scratch, I think is better spent producing online content. Mm-hmm. And, you know, I know that we have different experiences with that, but there's, there's sort of a funny trade-off that happens now with time spent. When you go from zero to one book, I think that's a huge important step. And I would encourage everyone to explore, do you have a book in you? And I don't mean a novel, but something because the books are incredibly good calling cards. And you know this better than anyone. Um, But once you have five or six or ten out there. Should I quit now? Then the incremental 11th one um, is something where it's, it's, I I don't think you should quit. You write great books. You know, they're really great and helpful information. But 
you need to, as you would always do, you need to look at the trade-offs of the time you're going to spend on that versus allocating that same amount of time to do something else, mm -hmm. and which is going to give you the most, if you will, bang for your buck. Bang for your book, as it were. Well, and, uh, and then there's the leverage that you get from the book, and not only do you write for your own blogs and have 21 books under your belt, which is a really weird place to keep your books, I'm, I'm just saying. But you also blog for a very popular consumer electronics uh, site. Right. So I do a lot of guest blogging. I do a lot of guest writing on other sites because I think that that's a great way to increase visibility and to just keep keep in different discussions. So as, you, as you're saying, um, one of the groups that I write for is the Consumer Electronics Association. And this group has thousands of members including every name brand you can think of sony samsung toshiba maytag general electric all of these heard huge, of them yeah all of these huge companies that frankly power your house and your car and everything they're all members of cea and so it's an interesting experience because i come at it from the sort of consumer advocate perspective but they are still a trade association so there are certain things that i've written about that we weren't able to publish where I've called someone to task for something that they've done. And it's like, we can't do that. You can do that on your site, but as a trade association, we can't complain about one of our own members. And I totally respect that. Um, but yeah, I mean, I again, just like writing books, I think that anything you can do, any guest writing you can do on anyone else's site, even little guys, you never know where they're gonna be in 12 months. That's right. Um, I highly encourage everyone to go out there and just see where you can spread the gospel. My special guest, and I think still my friend. I didn't manage to offend him in uh, this interview. Well, are we still rolling? Let's talk after the recording. <laughs> Dave Taylor, askdavetaylor.com is the best place you can locate him. Gofatherhood.com, daveonfilm.com. He's just absolutely everywhere. Thanks, Dave. And thank you, joel.com. <laughs> and we'll be back after this. Mission complete. And thank you for taking the time to take me along with you today. Really quick news I'm pretty excited about. You can continue enjoying this podcast via iTunes. However, I'm excited to announce that there is now a Joel Com Show app. Yep, there's an app for that. And regardless of whether you're listening on an iOS device, which would be your iPhone, your iPad, or uh, through iTunes or an iPod, you can now go to the iTunes App Store and just search for Joel Com, and you will find a free app that is the Joel Com Show app, and it contains all the episodes and ways to connect with me as well. Android, same thing. Go to the Android Marketplace and search for Joel Com, and you will find the Android version of the Joel Com Show app. And if you do download these, you can take me with you. Wherever you go, I promise not to be a pest, and I will do my best to continue delivering great content that's timely and relevant to help you with business and with life. I also would appreciate it if you give reviews for the apps and this podcast in both the Android Marketplace and the iTunes App Store. would love to hear from you. Feedback on my blog at joelcom.com is always welcome. And if you could tell just one person about the Joel Com Show this week on Facebook, on Twitter, wherever else. Link them to the show and share the love. Spread the goodness. There will be puppies, rainbows, and unicorns when you do. Yes, you heard me. There will be unicorns. And I might even have one on the show next week if I can find one. 
Thanks for hanging out with me. I'll see you next week. Do good stuff. Thanks for joining us for the Joel Com Show. We hope you've learned something new and that you are inspired to grow personally and professionally. We encourage you to subscribe to this podcast on iTunes and to share it with others. For more from Joel Com, visit www.joelcom.com. And until next time, do good stuff. This podcast is copyright Joel Com Inc. All rights reserved worldwide.